Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ, and I also want to thank all my listeners from around the world. It is so exciting that Never Ever Give Up Hope is now heard in close to a hundred different countries because it's the message of hope that the world at large is looking for, the message that they want to hear. Many of my listeners have been in incredible circumstances and they don't know where to turn and I'm so glad that we are available resource where people can go to and hear you know what that happened to me or I know somebody that that happened to or that is happening to me right now and they're able to tap in and possibly get some tips hopefully get encouragement and some answers as what they can do. Each one of my guests has had these kind of experiences and they want to share where they've been but not where they stayed. They want to share how they overcame those circumstances in their lives and became a thriver, survivor, and a victor in those circumstances. We're all human and therefore none of us are immune to problems. And that's what this is all about. If you have a problem, listen in. If you have a solution of something that has happened to you in your own life that you would like to share, contact me and we'll see if your story will be a fit for the show. So again, I thank you, each one of you, listeners and my guests. With me today is Lauren Grootman. She is a wife a mom of four, and you're going to love this, a recovering spender. <laughs> she, she, I love that. She is, <clears throat> she is a personal finance expert. We all need one of those in our lives, who is a regular guest on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, and many more. So we are honored to have Lauren on Never Ever Give Up Hope today as well. She is the author of the book by the same name, The Recovering Spender. And in that book, she shares her step-by-step program, which I don't think look too difficult, <laughs> just taking some discipline, and I'm sure she'll share that with us, her step-to-step program on how to curb this shopping addiction because that's what it comes down to a few weeks ago I interviewed uh, somebody who had a gambling addiction and so when I was reading this I thought what a parallel there really is a parallel to spending addiction and a gambling addiction her desire is of course that her readers 
and listeners today can live a debt-free life. So get on your seatbelts. We're in for a real ride. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for that kind introduction, Carol. I'm excited to be here. It's awesome. Oh, good. Excellent. I'm glad. Glad we finally connected. Definitely. When your mortgage was underwater, and I like the way you put that as well in your in your bio, when your mortgage was underwater, you mm-hmm. had your car towed away, there didn't seem to be any answers. It was Lauren's darkest hour. You were basically without hope of getting out of a massive debt. You're running at a deficit of $1,000 a month. How many people can relate to that? I know there are many. What I want to know is what were you going through emotionally at that time? You had to come to a place where you hit bottom. What were your, were your thoughts purely negative? Like, I don't know what I can do. There is no hope. Or did you begin to realize that you had to change? And if so, what steps did you take? Yeah. So I think the first, the first part of that question is how did I feel during that time? And, um, I was stressed out like all day long, 24 seven, pretty much. Um, the, you know, we would try and pay bills. We didn't have enough money. We would have to, you know, not pay this bill so that we could pay this bill. And everything I felt like in my life was just crumbling around me. And I didn't know what to do. I really had no idea. I was, I was lost. I was lonely because I, I was still trying to pretend that uh-huh. I had everything together, right? So um, I was lonely. I was depressed. I was distant from my husband because we were fighting about money all the time. Um, and I just felt completely out of control because when I would get depressed and then I would go shopping and it would make me get depressed again. And it was when- like a cycle. Broke and don't have money to do the things that I want to do. Um, and so I had to kind of really, I had two choices at that time. You know, I could... Um, sit in my sorrow and in my depression and let things continue to crumble around me or I could get off my butt and go do something about it. And so Mark and I, Mark's my husband, uh, we talked about it and we decided that even though I didn't want to do this, I had to go back to work Uh, because if we had any hope or chance about getting out of the financial mess, we were in $42,000 with the debt. Um, that if we wanted to get out of that debt, we had to make a bold, drastic move. And so I went back to work. Uh, I actually worked at a, as a waitress at like a really fine dining restaurant. So you can make pretty good money uh-huh. uh, in a place like that. And um, I worked like five or six nights a week uh, for about a year and a half. And so we he worked during the day. I worked at night. We never saw each other, but we started to make progress with our debt. And so it was a it was a sacrifice for the greater good. Now, was your husband a spender as well? No, he's a saver. Okay, so yeah. how, that must have caused an incredible amount of friction. Oh, like- incredible, incredible. Yeah, that, and I think that's why I, um, one, of the, one of the main things, so I took over the spending when we got married because that's what my mom did. So I just okay. thought, you know, okay, we're married, like I should do the money. And, you know, four years later, we're in $40,000 of the debt. So obviously <laughs> I didn't do a great job. And he is um, an actuary, which actually works with numbers and budgets and spreadsheets and um, calculations. So he is actually very good at budgeting and he trusted me. And so I felt like I had a, you know, I I had broken his trust. But one of the, the main things, and I think so often people, 
I see it more times than not that people are married to their opposite money personality. And Mm. people say, you know, opposites attract, right? So what I found is that the way that you spend money is not actually like because that's just the way you spend money. It has to do with your personality characteristics and your personality traits. So um, let's say Mark is very... Uh, he likes, he's a behind the scenes person. You know, I go on television all the time. Like he doesn't want to do that. He wants to stay at home behind a computer. Um, he is very good with numbers. He, he hates making impulsive decisions. Like he wants to sleep on it all the time, which drives me (laughs) absolutely bonkers to this day. Um, and so, uh, he also, um, is quite tidier than me. He's more organized. And so me, I'm like, you know, ADD all over the place. Um, impulsive, but I'm also a big thinker and I'm a dreamer and I can multitask like crazy and do things efficiently. And so there's a lot of great characteristics on both sides. Of course. But when it comes to money, it's like you're bumping heads because one wants to talk about money and the budget all the time like he did. And I was like, don't tell me to budget because that makes me want to die. Like the word budget to me back then was a death sentence. Like I just hated the word. It gave me anxiety so when we first came together and we had to start talking about money, it was like we were speaking totally different languages. It was, it was really hard. But we got through it when we started seeing that our values were the same. So we weren't fighting anymore over silly things because we both were, we were like, okay, we're on the same team here. Like we need to act like it. And so that really helped us. And what would you recommend for somebody going through a similar situation? Like what, you know, what can you really do when you have two personalities such as you have. Right. I think the biggest thing is we, um, when we, Mark and I sit down and we'll work with couples um, online uh, through our website, laurengrootman.com, or, you know, maybe through our church or whatever, we'll bring couples in and work through them. And one of the main things that we have them do is fill out this worksheet called the financial bucket list. And what it is, it's a worksheet that has all these categories. And in each category, you fill out, you know, what you want to do with your money before you die under these certain categories. So, you know, social, retirement, vacations, family, housing, like all of those big things. And what that does is it, I have them do it separately and then we get together and talk about it. And what you see is that their values are usually like, you know, 75 to 80% the same as each other. Like their values are very similar, Uh but they're just fighting over the communication method to get to those values. And so the key is to figure out that you both have strengths and how can you do this together to make it like the best thing possible. So for example, we have what we call the budget night every month. The last Sunday of every month we sit down. Are you talking about your group now or are you talking no, about just you me and, and Mark? Your, okay. Just okay. me and Mark. Every, you know, in our living room at night after the kids go to bed, we'll, um, we'll do the budget night. And what we do is we sit down and this is what it looks like. So he's the saver. So he loves working on spreadsheets. So he has our budget <laughs> spreadsheet open and he's, he pays the bills because he's a lot more organized than I am. And what I'm good at is we have four children. I'm good at knowing things like how much do we need for groceries? What activities do we have going on? What are schedules like? What kids need for birthday presents? What we need to save for vacation? I'm good at spending the money. And so, <laughs> so we, by us communicating and him being like, okay, Lauren, this is how much we have. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we have $200 this month for this. 
um, let's split it up this way. And then we work together. And so that would be my recommendation is to figure out the best parts of both of you when it comes to managing things and then put them together and you actually can make a really solid team. And that's, that's what it is. It's a team right. and it's a team right. effort. So that's what your thrust is, is work as a team. Right. And you were four years in before you realized that that was necessary or how long did it take you to come to that realization? Oh yeah, we were, uh, we got married in 2002. So we were five years into our marriage before we had really ever talked about it. And in the meantime, you were spending and he was wondering what's going on. Why don't we ever have any money? Yeah. And you were hiding it. So I think this is a common scenario as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times I would go shopping with friends at the mall and I would leave it in my car until he went to work the next day. <laughs> Every woman has done that. Yes, okay, because I didn't want to fight about it. I was so right. sick and tired of fighting about it. So I just kept it in my trunk. And the next day he went off to work and I brought it in and took the tags off and hung it up in my closet and he didn't know any different. <laughs> this um, whole thing? <laughs> yes, it, and it would happen a lot. And, and so that was like one of the big things that I realized that like, I don't want to live my life this way. I don't want to hide this anymore. And, and I always say this quote and I say, I talk about it in the book that says that when the pain of staying broke is greater than the pain of changing your spending habits, that's when you're going to make a change. Say that again, slowly. When the pain of, of being broke and staying in debt is greater than the pain of changing your spending habits, then you'll make a difference. Wow. So that's, that's what had to happen for me. I was just so sick and tired of being in debt that suddenly the thought of not shopping wasn't that big of a deal. Cause it was like, I can't stay here. Mm. I can't stay where I am. So that's, yeah, that's, that was really important to me. So you were willing to change first and did you approach your husband then about this? I did. I talked to him. I came clean with him and I said, you know, I've gotten us in $42,000 worth of debt. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm not able to figure out how to make our bills. And, um, and, and he, he said, I forgive you. Let's move forward with this together. And, and ever since then, um, we got, you know, two years later, we were out of credit card debt. Two years after that, we were out of, we had no car payments or no school student loans left. So it took us four years from start to finish to pay everything off. And, um, it was such a, like an amazing feeling. Like I had just won a marathon. And how does that make you feel now as far as do you have the urges to spend and do you just control them? Are you more disciplined? Like how does that affect you now with your spending? Yeah. So there's a reason why my book is called The Recovering Spender instead of The Recovered Spender. Um, and there's a big difference on why I called it that because I feel like I always have, I will always have a predisposition to spend money. Um, actually, when I was writing the book, I found a lot of research that goes into the brain chemistry behind spenders versus savers. Okay, so there's this part of your brain called the insula. And the insula is responsible for warning you if something dangerous is going to happen. So if my hand is about to get slammed in a door, the insula will alert mm-hmm. and you will pull your hand out because it says danger. What they found actually in a, study after study is that people, spenders, their insulas don't really fire like they should. So they're not, yeah, so they're not seeing the danger ahead of them. So still to this day, if I walk into Target, it's like the gates of heaven have just opened up (laughs) (laughs) and there's angels singing and there's lights. And I mean, it is the best place on earth. And so I can't go there by myself. That's the boundary of mine because I know 
that the things that are most important to me are not shoes or purses or this cute decor pillow or good, you know, the planner section gets me every time the stickers. That's, <laughs> that's not important to me. What's important is that, you know, we live a debt free life. We live within our means. We save money. We send our kids to school debt free. We pay for their weddings debt free. All of those things are more important to me. And so now part of the, the book and the process that I had to go through was set up my boundaries. And so I talk about in the book, a 12 step process that I developed for myself through these years to keep the spender like me who still wants to spend, but yet keeps me under control within budget, living a happy, fulfilled debt-free life. And, um, so that, that, that's kind of what the second half of the book is all about. So in other words, your focus has changed and that's your choice. Right. Exactly. It's a choice of mine because I see, you know, every time I started to pick something up in a store, I had to weigh it with my value system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, and that really made me think about it a little bit differently when it wasn't just paper money or debit card. Um, I had to start using cash so that I wouldn't spend as much because I could like physically see the money coming out of my hand. So that really helped as well. When do you think is a good time to start teaching these principles to children? Yeah, I think the the sooner the better, quite honestly. Uh, so we have four kids. We have a 11-year-old son, and then we have three daughters who are seven, five, and three. The 11-year-old boy was around during my spending days. And so he was raised a little bit differently than my daughters. He was raised up until he was four. I was a spender, and I would buy him something every single time we went to the store, which is like every day. Uh. And so he's a little bit different. He's picked up on my spending characteristics quite, quite a bit so that it's a struggle with him these days to get him to not ask me to buy things for him all the time and him want to spend his money like right as it comes into his hand. The three girls were brought up with the words, we don't, that's not in the budget. And so for them, it's, if I buy them something, it's a luxury. So it's been interesting to see the difference because um, there's a four-year gap between my son and the girls. And so I think that the earlier, the better. And you can do it just really little, like, you know, give them money for chores and make sure that they save it and put it in a piggy bank and just talk to them about your financial situation. Like we talk about how we don't use credit cards and how, you know, we're not going to go on Disney on a Disney vacation because it costs too much money. um, And that's not in the budget. So we, we really communicate with our kids on an intellectual level about money and the dangers of it. That's a big thing too, the dangers of debt. And we talk to them a lot about that. Do they cope with feeling deprived? And if so, how do you communicate that? I don't think so. Um, I think that we do a pretty good job still doing fun things. So we'll give them options. And we do, a, I mean, a lot of our, um, our friends have similar values to us, okay. which is really, which has been very, very important for us because when, um, when we first were going through this process of being in debt, a lot of our friends had a lot more money than us and just didn't understand. Uh-huh. And then we moved, we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina at that time. We sold our huge house and moved back to upstate New York, which is where we live now. And we're just around our family and our friends. I mean, some of our friends, you know, have been friends since childhood and we just have a really good group of supportive friends. Um, and so we don't do extravagant things and our friends don't do extravagant things. So that's been a blessing, but I do know that um, I actually went and did uh, a little, I call it my spendervention, which is like a little documentary that I did um, about a family in Cincinnati, Ohio. And for the past three months, I've been flying out to Cincinnati and I've been helping them get out of debt and showing them the principles of the book in real life. And a lot of their friends 
have a lot of money. And they were very afraid the fear of missing out was a huge thing for them. But it's interesting to see, and you'll see in the documentary how they kind of went through it, but it's interesting because a lot of the people that they were trying to keep up with are now coming to them and saying, hey, we're in the same boat that you were in. Um, mm. And so, so yeah, I, I think that if you level with your children, that they will get it, uh, even though it's not easy. Right. And the reason I ask that is because kids use that so much. Well, so-and-so has it. So-and-so can do this. Right. And, you know, they're trying to, uh, but as long as you're all on the same page and you have friends that are there with you, I can understand that that certainly would be a benefit. Yeah. So your book, tell us yeah. a little bit about your book. And also, as you're sharing, what would the initial steps be for people in that position and how they can help themselves. Yeah. So in the book I talk about, um, so one of the main things that I, I realized going back, um, thinking about my debt free journey is that when I was kind of starting out fresh and not knowing where to turn, I I started looking around for books and I bought a bunch of finance books and I started reading them and it, they didn't make sense to me. It was like, I wanted a book that where I felt like I could sit down across you know, a coffee Mm -hmm. table with a friend and get their opinion on things. And for me, that there wasn't a book out there for the people who just struggle with money, that continue to get into debt and Mm -hmm. back out and continue to get back in and continue to try and budget and fail and flip-flop and don't, you know, don't know why they're not successful. So that was my goal when writing this book, is that I wanted to make a personal finance book that is for the everyday American person that doesn't feel like they have it all together financially. So if they're a spender or if they are not a spender, they will still gleam a lot of information from this book. Um, however, I do, have, I do have a chapter in here about spenders versus savers and how to negotiate that relationship. Hmm. Um, so that's an interesting one. I also did a lot of um, research about triggers and money personalities and how to know uh, what kind of money shopper you are and how to set up boundaries around yourself. So the first half of the book is like my story and then talks a little bit about, you know, marriage relationships, other relationships, triggers, boundaries, all that kind of thing. And then the second half of the book, like I talked about, is a 12-step program. So the first step is admit that you have a problem. And for me, that was really important because I could never get help until I admitted to Mm -hmm. myself that I had a problem spending. And I think if you're in debt, you have a problem spending. Let's just face it. Because you're spending more than you're making. So that's a problem. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. So <laughs> I'll just say that out loud, that I think that everybody that's in debt should, um, should read my book. And, and I think they might have to stop spending a little bit of money. Um, some other, other things in, in the book that I talked about was admitting your spending to one other person, uh, taking an inventory of your spending, learning how to declutter your life and declutter your budget, how to set appropriate boundaries for yourself and how to, what to do, you know, if somebody asks you to go out, like even scripts on things to say to people, and then how to strategically pay down debt is in there as well. So you're going to kind of find a little bit of everything um, in the book, and I think people will be really encouraged by it. What did you mean by declutter your budget? Okay, so so many times, if I guess if I asked everybody this question that's listening, if, do you know how many credit cards you have? Do you know their APRs? Do you know their due dates? Do you know when all of your bills are due? Do you know how much you have in savings? If you answered no 
to any of those questions, then you have cluttered finances Mm. because you don't know, you don't have everything laid out for you. And so I talk about how to declutter your finances, how to put them in like a pretty little package. And, um, because we actually just launched a second business off of this very principle where it's called the personal finance planner. And so the personal finance planner.com is where you can find it, but it's a, it's a physical planner, you know, like since I love planners so much, right. It talks about getting stuck in the planner section at target, but, right. um, and so in this planner, it, it's a, it's a complete system to declutter your finances as well as a day planner, a budget planner, a meal planner. So it's kind of like an all in one planner for people that feel like they need help getting their, their finances decluttered. What kind of reviews are you getting? What kind of feedback? From the book? Well, from the book, from your speaking engagements, like how, tell us about some of the success stories. Yeah. So, um, well, in the, I'll, I'll tell you what happened in the, in the mini documentary that people, if they want to go and watch the documentary, they can find it um, at therecoveringspender.com. All three videos are in there and it's about 25 minutes worth of video footage to watch. And in that three months that I was working with that family, I came in and they were three months behind on their mortgage and they were in a lot of stress in their marriage and in their life. And um, they were also running a deficit of $2,000 a month. So they're spending $2,000 more than what they made. In three months, we got their mortgage 100% current. We got them um, $1,000 in an emergency savings account. And we got their budget down about to, you know, zero so that they're spent, they're not spending more than what they're making and their stress level. It was like two different people in three months. Um, I've heard things from people like, um, I actually just got an email yesterday, like from a lady who said, I'm sitting here crying and reading this book because I can't believe that anybody actually gets me that they, she gets what you get, what's in my Uh head. uh You get the emotions that I go through and thank you because I've never read a finance book that I liked before. So those are the kind of reactions that I'm getting of regular everyday people who have Mm -hmm. never been able to figure out this financial thing. Finally, something's clicking with them by reading my book. And that's like huge for me. Huge. I understand that totally because so many books out there, you you start getting into them. It's almost overwhelming. The language, um, for one thing, possibly that they are not relating to your problem. You don't feel that connection whereas with you I can just by listening to you and also I did listen to uh, the uh, the videos that you had on your website by listening to you you get the feeling that you know what you care and because you care that comes across as you care for me Mm-hmm. And so when you care for me, you're going to help me. It's not just a bunch of words that somebody, you know, has put on the page of what should happen. Right. So that my hat's off to you for that, for really well, being, you. you know, for being relatable, for being yeah. real. You know, it's it's so hard these days, I feel like with Internet and Instagram and Pinterest to right. figure out and get that real sense of who somebody is, you know, especially with me working online as my profession that. I can hide behind a computer screen and be whoever I want, right? Yes. But it's really important to me and my family. My husband works full-time with me on our website. Um, And it's very important to us that we tell it like it is. And I think that more Americans need to get real with their money because money isn't just money. It touches everything in our life. It touches our relationships, our, you know, marriages, our 
yes. housing, our yes. food. I mean, it touches everything. And um, so thank you for that. That's that's a really good feedback. And I, I hope that people feel that way because I've been there and I know exactly how it feels and how desperate I was. And if I can say one thing to make somebody not feel that way, then I mm-hmm. feel like I have turned my mess into a message. And also I think that there are people in that position who come to the place where they they see no way out and they're suicidal. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have heard those stories. I definitely have. I, I mean, people that are in hundreds of thousands of dollars with a debt and they don't see any way out and their marriage is falling apart. I mean, yeah, and I, I can speak firsthand that um, I, I have a brother and he did commit suicide because of a different addiction. I know what it was like for him before he died. And so I, I, it's very raw in my mind that people go through this in any sort of addiction, whether it be spending or gambling. And um, I just want people to know that there's always hope out there. There's always hope. There's always a way out. And that I hope that, that my book will be one that if somebody's in a financial situation like that, that they would take it and, and really use the principles like I did in my own life to, to fix their finances. So what is your call to action for the audience today besides buying your book? And also, in, when you answer that, is your book a memoir as well as a self-help? Or what's the vein that it's written in? Yeah, so the first half is a memoir. It's about my journey, my feelings, my emotions. I get really raw in there about the things that I'm struggling with. And then the second half of the book is a how-to 12-step process. So I give you the emotions, the feelings, the inspiration, and then I tell you how to do it. What I would love for people to do is to make their spending a reflection of their value system. Hmm. So figure out what their values are in life. What do they want to do? You know, are they happy? What are they chasing? And then take your money and make it go in line with that. And then I think people have a lot easier time saying no when that happens. Saying no to spending, I'll say. And that's where you help them online as well, right? You have a coaching? Yep. Yeah. We have an online, I have an online coaching program called the Financial Renovation. And um, that's over at laurengroupman.com. You can find details on that. And then we have, you know, I have a book, I have the personal finance planner. And then we also, one of the, I think one of the biggest things uh, that people love about our website is that we actually offer meal plans where people can do freezer cooking and save, you know, 50% off their grocery bill in a, you know, in a, a snap. So um, we also give those kind of practical tips of, okay, let's, you know, you want to cut your bills down. This is what you've got to do. You want to cut your food bill down. Here's a resource. So we try and cover all different avenues of finance, not just do this, do this, do this. We're parents, you know, we live that life. So we want to really encourage people in all areas of their life with that. Well, Lauren, you are a volume of information. You're an encyclopedia. You know, it's like, (laughs) I want to go to this problem and zero in on it and go to this problem and zero in on it. And that is, it's phenomenal. And you're real, like I said earlier. So I appreciate that. Is there anything else you want to say in closing? No, I think that's it. I just would encourage people, you know, if they they, um, are not spenders, to, th- this book is still great. So you can understand the mind of it. I've gotten actually emails from husbands saying, thank you for writing this book. I now understand my wife's frame of mind or vice versa. 
And um, so it's been really helpful for them as well. So, But I just really appreciate you having me on, Carol. This has been a blast. Well, that's an excellent point. And I appreciate that because it's also might be a, a book you could give as a gift. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, without hurting somebody's feelings. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> but no, that's excellent. Thank you so much, Lauren. I know you are a very busy lady. When can we expect to see you on TV again? Um, well, I have a, I have a whole media tour set up. I actually leave in a week for about two and a half weeks. Um, I'm doing three uh, Today Show segments, um, and the last one will be on September 28th. And then you'll see me on Hallmark Home and Family, the T.D. Jake Show. I'll be um, on the 700 Club. I'll be, oh, goodness, the Doctors, Dr. Phil. So I've got a lot coming up in the next few weeks. So just watch me, you know, September, you October, the, November. Do you put that on, online on your, your schedule? Yep. Okay, yep. perfect. Yep. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you, Carol. It's so appreciated. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.